Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is Luis Sanchez. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Scott Callantine. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. Hey, welcome into another episode of Keeping It Simple. We are so glad that you could join us today. We're in the midst of an APES series, APES being an acronym from Ephesians 4, standing for Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd, and Teacher. And so today we are interviewing someone leaning into the evangelist giftings, our friend Ashley Dalen. Say what's up, Ashley. Hello, Keeping It Simple podcast. Good to be with you. We are glad to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today. As we have this conversation, can we frame it by beginning just having you share a little bit about yourself, kind of the things that you're up to in ministry, and just sharing with our audience a little bit about you? Yeah, it's such an honor to be here with you today. I live in Salem, Oregon. I've lived here for 11 years. However, I am from Washington, so go Huskies. Big Let's Huskies go Washington. Ooh, let's uh, go Washington Huskies. That, I know that landed with some that offended others. I'm well aware. Uh, <laughs> I am married to Kyle Dalen. Um, we have a six-month-old Great Dane puppy named Prue. Uh-uh. I have a nine-month-old Great Dane puppy. No! We just kicked her out. <sighs> we kicked her out for the interview. For we the interview. Not on the yes. street or something. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, no. For the no, interview. Just for, the, she just was for in this. Here. But go ahead. Sorry, Ashley. Oh, my goodness. I need to meet your great Dane puppy, too. Oh, yeah. We have Prudence. We love her. She is our only child at this point. <laughs> and we just, yeah, we pamper her. She's been so fun. Um, I'm the pastor of neighborhoods here at Salem Alliance Church, Uh, but that's a recent switch for me. I did 10 years as the high school pastor, and then seven months ago switched to pastor of neighborhoods. So I am just knee deep in figuring out what it looks like to love our city, show Jesus to our city, um, bring the peace of Christ to our city. And so it's been a really fun uh, change and transition that to be honest, I didn't see coming. I didn't know this was God's next step for me. Um, But in light of this conversation today, it seems like a (laughs) no-brainer, but it's been an absolute honor uh, to mobilize our people to love our city well and demonstrate and declare the gospel here in Salem. And uh, I was sharing, but yesterday I got a Christmas tree off Facebook Marketplace. And so I'm really ready for Christmas to come back around because I have For everyone who knows, this is March when we're recording. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. This is March. But uh, Christmas can't come soon enough because the Dalens are going to have a Christmas tree. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I've been following Jesus since I was young. I love Jesus. Jesus Mm. has uh, transformed my life. I grew up in a rough situation. Mm. And I, when I think about who I might be without the love and healing and transformation of Christ, uh, I just get sad. (laughs) Mm. And so I'm just so grateful to those who were bold and brave to demonstrate and declare the gospel in my life, because I wake up um, with King Jesus and friend Jesus every day and get to live life with him. And there's so much joy that I get to have in that. And so that's just, yeah, I could go, my story's long, but that's just, yeah, I've experienced Jesus and desperately desire for others to know that he's a God who loves and heals. So yeah, that's me. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing, Ashley. Um, You know, in the middle of this APES series, that E is like right in the middle, that E for evangelist. And uh, just as we get the conversation rolling, 
Paul writes Ephesians 4, chapter uh, uh, verses 11 and 12, he says, and he gave uh, some uh, to be apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, those are uh, the letters of the acronym APEST. And I would love to hear a little bit about you know, what you understand about your wiring, how you came to that understanding, and maybe how that plays out in your everyday life. Yeah, I have taken the APEST multiple times now. <laughs> and evangelist kept coming out as my top. And I kept skipping it and going to my second and mm. wanting to tell people what my second was because the word evangelist honestly felt kind of gross in my mouth. <laughs> it felt like the, the test was telling me I was a drug dealer or something. <laughs> my perception of evangelism was people who yell on street corners holding signs or who every time they get on a plane um, have to share the gospel with the captive right. person in the seat next to them, you know, um, mm -hmm. and even positive people like Billy Graham. Um, he's amazing. But I'm I'm no Billy Graham. And, and so to be honest, uh, it took me a while to kind of figure out why does this keep coming out as my top one? And and honestly, even when I talk about Jesus with people, I have no script. I don't have this memorized one, two, three method. Um, that's just not how I am. But as I learn more about the wiring of, of an evangelist and read different explanations, uh, my heart began to open to this word, and I began to realize that evangelists are passionate about people. And I always joke that I'm one of the few people who love meetings because it's when I know I get to be in a room full of people. And I love new groups. I love meeting new people. Uh, I have the gift of gab. I can talk to anyone and find a similarity. Um, I'm always looking for how are you and I alike? How are you and I both human, regardless of our background, religion, experience? Um, I am just wired to connect with people. And it kind of, it took me back to when I was graduating from college. I was graduating with a ministry degree, um, but I was begging God to open a door in the public sector for me. I was applying at all these um, specifically rehab centers in Portland uh, because that's a part of my past. And so I thought, okay, God, that's where I want to be. I want to be with the broken. I want to be with um, people who don't know you. I want to be able to just shine your light. And when God called me to the church, like I was, I was devastated. <laughs> and so looking back at those moments in myself, I'm like, oh yeah, like the E is super strong in me, but it took me a long time to really be able to put my finger on that wiring in me. Um, just two weekends ago, we have a, we have a ministry here called the, like a furniture bank ministry and people from our city can call us if they're in need of furniture. And then we deliver furniture that people have donated to us. And it's a crew of guys that usually goes around on Saturday mornings. And I went with them and they're awesome and amazing men and they get it done. You know, they're loading and unloading furniture, but we work with a lot of um, domestic violence situations, women who are getting housing for the first time, who are getting out of situations or unsheltered neighbors who are getting housing for the first time. And every stop that we went to, we had nine stops last Saturday and every stop 
I would just like, I was the first one at the door. I'm chatting with the people. I'm like, they're moving stuff. And they kept being like, looking at me like, Ashley, we, we have to move on. We have nine more stops. We have all these people we need to meet. But, and we would get in the, the truck and they just kept looking at me and going, this, like, how is that so easy for you? And I, I forget, like, I just forget sometimes that that is just, I can show up anywhere at any random door and I can just, I can just chat, chat, chat. So um, it's probably the reason why I love documentaries. I love docuseries. <laughs> I love biographies. Um, people just fascinate me. And I'm a big advocate of like, everyone has a story. Like everyone has a story and I'm, and I want to know it. So um, I'll just pause there. But <laughs> Oh, that's great. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And having known you for a little bit, like I 100% see that. Like every time we connect, and it's been six months or a year. It's like, you just can have a conversation. And that's so good. Like, we need that aspect of a gifting in the church. Like, we need people who are just the connector. And you're such a connector. And so as that, like, that connecting person, uh, what are some of the things you find easiest in relating with other people? And then what are maybe some more of the difficulties of of your gifting of connection? Yeah, great question. Um, I think, yeah, my favorite thing about being an evangelist or even being around other evangelists is, is we see people like we notice others. I think we, we desire for, for people to feel seen and noticed. Um, when I walk into a room, I'm hyper aware of who's sitting by themselves. I'm hyper aware of people's body language and demeanor. If somebody feels, if I feel like someone looks like they're not having a good time or they feel like they're not being welcomed into a group, I feel this like burden or obligation to like go over and like, Hey, I see you like, come on over here, sit with me, sit with my people. Um, and so I think one of the amazing things about people who have a strong E is we just, we see people. It's hard for us to ignore people or walk by people. Um, we just notice it. Um, this last weekend, I was like lingering after church and this unsheltered neighbor came in and she was walking down the aisle and I saw her and I just like, just moved towards her. You know, I just was like, I have to talk to her. I have to know her story. And I have to make sure that whatever it was that brought her into this building, I need to make sure she feels known and loved and seen. And so there's like nobody else really left in the church. Everyone had left and I'm just standing in the sanctuary chatting with her and she's telling me her story. And I'm just, I was like, Hey, can I pray for you? And so I'm praying with her and I just felt over and over, like, I just have to pray that she, that she feels seen and loved, like seen by me, seen by God, loved by me, loved by God. And so I was just praying that over her because I think it's the warmth of being noticed and valued that softens people's heart to the gospel. Say that um, again. Say that again. Say that it, again. <laughs> that was good. That was good. It's the, I believe that it's the warmth of yeah. being noticed 
and valued that softens people's heart to the good news, that softens people's heart to the gospel. And I think that that's what we get to do as ease is we get to notice people. And it's that love and that recognition and that, wow, I don't know what it took for you to walk in these doors today, but I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you're here. Um, It is that that opens the door to me so that when that preacher gets on the stage or that whatever, like their hearts are open, like they feel seen, known, loved. Um, and, or whether I get to share about the gospel, you know, it's that, it's that warmth that opens the door. And so, um, I think that's a beauty of what we get to bring to the church. And then we also, because we get excited about these conversations, I get excited about people. I love sharing stories. Like I want to tell people like, oh man, I got to have this conversation with so-and-so this last weekend or, oh, when we were doing furniture bank, I got to talk to this mom who's starting her life over. And I love any platform that I get to share these stories, which then mobilizes, it raises faith in the church. It raises excitement. It mobilizes people to say, wow, I've experienced Christ in my life. And how can I notice people? How can I go and, you know, recognize and value and be intentional about demonstrating and declaring the gospel in my sector, whether that's public or private or, or whatever. And so I think we get to be mobilizers out of that expression of what we already feel passionate about. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the pros. Yeah. Any thoughts on that before I go? No, that to sounds our good. So you're equipping, you're equipping people and then in that equipping, you're equipping them to be mobilized, right? That's that's what I'm sensing you say. And you're kind of um, gathering them around the idea of of warmth and maybe even hope, you know, like that there's, hey, open your hearts. And then there's something else on the other side of that, you know, when you open your heart that, and then you get to share the, the, the story or, or kind of warm them up to the story of the gospel. Kind of tying into like the, maybe the negativity side, uh, or 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 I don't know the shadow side. You you kind of opened up by saying that um, it was hard for you to accept this call or or just uh, just wiring. You know, it was almost felt like a bad word at first because it's true. Like we've seen those people. I mean, I'll tell you a story right now. I was in Philly. We were church planting in Philly at the time, and one of my roles. Um, in the summertime was to essentially host um, short-term mission um, trips. Um, and people from all over Pennsylvania would come, they would bring their youth groups and, you know, sometimes it'd be just dudes coming out to do stuff on the church building. It wouldn't be youth groups. It'd be, but I worked in um, homeless stuff. Like I, for seven years, I did uh, work with drug and alcohol and mental health and stuff like that, working with folks on the street. Um, and um, Man, I had friends on the street and like just connected with them. We connected them to services. And so, but during the summertime, I would really focus my energy on giving people a taste of the city, connecting with, you know, the neighborhood, and then also just kind of going out and just sharing the gospel. One of the things that we would do is we would make sandwiches, right? And what we would do is we would make sandwiches and and we would make one sandwich for ourselves and then one sandwich for another person that we would just go down to the heart of the city love park and just go share with people that you know were unsheltered and and just hanging out and sometimes i knew the people there was this one time there was an evangelist right i'll remember this as clear as day and he was like had this megaphone and he was like shouting at you know 
at the you know the the, the gospel quote unquote the gospel at the top of his lungs you know and uh, he was like you know telling people to repent nothing against a message of repentance right like we believe in Jesus we believe that outside of Jesus you know you you spend the rest of your life in a in a place out you know that damnation right like we believe it we get it um but as soon as i walked into love park and i'm i'm with this gang of people like 15 youth group kids with me and some leaders and he like like locks eyes with me and he knows we're handing out these sandwiches he's like you guys think that you guys are good people for handing out these sandwiches and he has no idea i'm like dude same team same team like not like just different but in my mind i'm like i'm just gonna let it ride you know like just for but he will not let it go finally i approach him if you know anything about philly philly folks are pretty direct so i'm not from philly but i'm from new york so i just i'm like bruh so we get in a shouting match because now i'm responsible for these people Right, I'm responsible for these 15, and I'm not gonna have them get attacked by this evangelist in Love Park that's like yelling at my kids that I'm responsible for it for this week. And like, oh, we went to Philly and we got a traumatic experience from an evangelist, right? And I'm like, bruh, same team, right? Like, you are doing it this way, we're doing it this way. You're having this conversation over a megaphone, we're having a conversation just sharing the gospel and praying with people one-on-one like same team and so like for people who are still in that space it took you a little while right to kind of warm up to the idea as an evangelist who still see evangelism as a thing like oh my goodness i gotta do these four spiritual laws or whatever like what would you say to folks like that um you know regarding like your tribe right like because you're still they're still in your tribe you know, like, what would you say to them about, like, man, these these other people, you know, outside uh, the Mariners Park, you know, like that that are still yelling the gospel? Oh man, I do love the same team. I think that's really good. Like, I I am such a big advocate of like, let's let's be on one mission, one team. It can look different. I would say, man, when I just think of when Jesus sits with the woman at the well he's not yelling at her, you know, he's just sitting with her and he's just talking to her and he's being present with her and he's valuing her and he's seeing her. And so I just, and, and Jesus sits at the meal, you know, he goes with Matthew and he sits, he sits with Zacchaeus. And I just think, man, I, I would, I just think there's such beauty we don't need to like distance our, to me, when you shout, there's a distance, right? Mm. Like there's something about I've now distanced myself because I need to shout right. or I need to be loud. And I feel like that's, I don't know. I've just never in my spiritual journey felt Jesus, Jesus gets my attention and he's clear, but yeah. Jesus is always gentle and close. Like he's mm. always close. And so I think there's a beauty in finding ways to be close with people to share who, to just share the truth, to share the love, to share about God's transformative power. Cause that's how I experience him every day. That's not. And so that's just how I know Jesus. So I guess I share Jesus the way I know and live Jesus and Jesus Mm -hmm. is gentle and speaks to me every day and is so kind to me. 
um, and calls me on my crap, but he's yeah. so kind. And yeah. so just like he did of the woman at the well, he didn't say you're off the hook because I love you so much. He said, no, there's like some real stuff we need to talk about. And I'm going to mm-hmm. say it with such gentle and kindness that your heart is actually mm-hmm. going to open up to me as I'm calling you out on like things you need to repent on. And so that's just how I want to approach sharing Jesus. Cause that's, that's my experience with it. And that approach. And I think that approach actually is invitational, right. And winsome, right. I, is what I'm hearing you say. I think when we think about evangelism, you know, it's like there, there is that chasm, right. Between the evangelist and the lost people. Right. I also have like a distaste when people talk about the lost people because it creates this us and them. Yes, people are lost outside of Jesus, but it's not this us and them kind of deal, right? It, you know, it's like, man, we were there once too, right? So remember, right? I think part of it is remembering like that, that humanized you, a lot. Yeah, like you were also lost and without Jesus, outside of Jesus, you'd still be there, right? So there's this aspect of remembering that when sharing the gospel, leaning into um, your, because everyone's called to evangelism, right? whether you're a high ear or not. Right. And so that's one of the things, man. Yeah, dude. So good. Yeah. As we're talking about the apest and the giftings, um, we obviously, we, we prioritize health and we want people to be healthy in their giftings. So what does it look like for a healthy evangelist? Like what, when, when you think of like, man, this person's a really healthy E in the apest. What does that look like in your mind? I think a healthy evangelist recognizes the role that they play in connection with the apostle, the teacher, the pastor, and the shepherd, right? Like I, my personality just in general, I'm a three on the Enneagram, so I'm an achiever. And so I am tempted daily to want to be all roles to all people. And that's not how Jesus set it up. That's not how the kingdom works. Uh, We need to work together. We need to welcome people into the kingdom of God and then help them grow deep roots so that they can be mobilized to share his transformation um, with others. And so I think standing in confidence in what you bring to the table and also championing what others bring to the table and working together. Um, I know that one of my weaknesses is that I can bounce really quickly from person to person to person because I want, and when I'm with someone, I'm like in it and I'm present. If you and I are having a conversation, I am like, I'm listening to Holy Spirit. How, how do I need to be speaking to this person? What's going on in their lives? How can I be praying? God, what's the next step? Does this person need to be challenged? Do they need to be loved? Do they need to be welcomed? Do they need to be pushed? Like what? I am all in when I'm with someone and that's awesome. And that's a strength. However, I tend to not be great at discipling long-term. That's a weakness mm-hmm. because I need to pass them on right. to the um, shepherd And those who are like wired to now, like once they're in the kingdom, they're going to help them grow those roots so I can jump and be really present with the next person. And so that's something that I've really struggled with over the years because I felt guilty, honestly, like, oh my gosh, I brought this person in and now it's like, I, I haven't really followed up with them in a while or how are they doing? And, oh man. And I would just like keep shame on myself for not Mm. being able to walk the next 10 year journey with them but I, I can't, I meet people every day. (laughs) I think my husband gets tired of going to the grocery store with me. 
I meet someone new. Like everyone's my friend. That's just how I look at it. Like if you are willing to talk to me, you're my buddy. But the downside of that is I cannot track long-term well with a lot of people. I can't disciple a lot of people long-term. So a healthy evangelist has got to, like, it's interesting, Luis, that you pointed out they're in the middle. And I was like, oh, that's almost like an arrow. Like, I'm at the front and I'm like, yes, come in. The kingdom of God is amazing. And then I'm like passing people like to my left and to my right. Like, okay, teacher, like pastor, shepherd, like, let's, can you help them grow roots so I can keep blazing trails? I can keep meeting new people. I can keep welcoming. And so I think a healthy evangelist surrounds themselves with strong people in the other APEST so that they can People are continuing to grow healthy roots in Christ, continuing to grow in disciplines, but I can't do that with every person I meet. And so that took me a long time to figure out, but I think that is, you have to realize that if you're going to do your yeah. E well. Yeah. When I was in Bible college, I, I, um, I remember reading about a study that they did with Billy Graham Crusades. Um, and, and you probably have heard this as an E, um, Maybe other, and I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but they did like a long, like a longitudinal study. Um, you know, they followed up ten years um, after people had come to you know know the Lord and said a sinner's prayer at you know come forward at a at a crusade, and and they they realized that it was like something like ninety percent of the people were no longer connected to a local church, and maybe you know some would you know make the inference that they weren't walking with the Lord um, anymore. And so, and I wonder, and I remember like the Billy Graham, uh, you know, uh, association trying to rally, you know, and I was at like his last like proper crusade in Flushing, uh, New York. And I was in New York at the time. Um, it was crazy, but they had, I remember them rallying around the, the local churches, but I wonder if they learned that towards the end of his ministry. You know, like unless you're connected well with the local church, then these people are probably not gonna, you know, they're not gonna have those roots that you talk about. You know, and I think for the E, I think it's important to recognize that's great. That's a beautiful image, like passing them to the left and passing them to the right. You know, um, to to the others, uh, shepherds, teachers, and they need some hard truth spoken, some prophet types. You know, and then and then to be motivated to get back on mission. Um, yeah by the apostles and so that's that's awesome like i think that's an important thing to bring up you know and i've seen that in my own life too as an ape type you know like the the that's what they call them apes yeah Yeah. so so making sure that there's a plan there's a discipleship continuum that there's you know like but but knowing who you are is important you know and i think that that's the big picture i think you know, we think about John the Baptist. Um, we did a study on, with, with John the Baptist uh, at one of our equipping gatherings. It's like John the Baptist knew who he was and knew who he wasn't, right? And and part of like this series is about coming to understand how Jesus has wired each of us, right? And like knowing who we are and knowing who we ain't, right? At the at, at the very same time. Ashley, and can I add one more thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep keep adding. Keep adding. This is a good conversation. Oh, it's, this is so fun. (laughs) Um, I also think the other thing that I, I have really grown in recently, and I think is so important to health 
is recognizing that in order to share Jesus with an effective nature, we need the spirit to be present moving through us, right? Drawing people to himself. So the incredible power of prayer Mm -hmm. and how important that is. And it is easy to mobilize people in our church to be doing good things in our city, uh, but we need them to be people of deep prayer and dependence on God bringing his spirit, the spirit of peace into every boardroom, classroom, um, to be asking spirit for eyes to see those whose hearts are soft toward Jesus. Um, So I've been rewriting just kind of as I'm new in this position, rewriting some of the requirements for the ministries I oversee. And right now, um, prayer is like, I'm making it one of the number one requirements. Like if you want to serve in neighborhood ministries, you need to be praying for the neighborhood. because that is how the gospel moves forward with power, right? That's yeah. how hearts that God transforms hearts. You know, we get to bring him, but God is the one who's in the business of transforming hearts. And so that's just been really, I feel like when I took this new position, Jesus just like slapped me in the face with that so hard. Like it is about my spirit. And in my a loving spirit. way, oh, a loving slap. A loving slap, <laughs> yeah, a very gentle and loving slap. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm continuing to pray about how do I push that forward so that when people think of, because I'm a, the pastor of neighborhoods, right? So I'm the pastor of kind of outreach basically. And when people, I want, I'm trying to figure out my language so that people know it's not just, oh, you go to Ashley when you want to get involved in the city, but oh, you go to Ashley. And if you go to Ashley, you better be prepared to be challenged that you better be praying and you better be asking for the eyes of spirit to see people. So, um, I think that's a huge piece. You can't just, we can't just do it in our own strength. Yes. I'm wired to chat with people. I can chat with anybody, but me chatting with someone doesn't transform someone. And I think it's important too, actually, to know, like, like to remind people, like you're, it's not your job to convert people. Right. And that's where the prayer aspect comes. Like, I think we got to say that we got to say that because Amen. I think just cause you're like a wired evangelist doesn't mean you need to manipulate people's heartstrings and make them feel guilt. Cause it's not, Right, as I understand that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. E wiring, it's like, like it's not, like it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. It's not fear, or it's not manipulation, or it's not like emotional coercion. Yeah, like that is not it. That is not the kind of evangelist we want. If you're listening and you're in in our area, like, like that's not the kind of evangelism that that that. I believe that the kingdom needs in this moment. Somebody once said that the greatest apologetic of our time is authenticity. You know, if you can be an authentic person, I think this is important in the Pacific Northwest more than any other place, but but other places are coming, you know, getting with it. But like, if you can be real, my neighbors know how broken I am. I'm looking at my neighborhood right now. Like they know how messed up I am, you know? And sometimes I'm like, am I a phony, right? Who's leading this gospel thing? But I'm like, Jesus is real. He's good. He's not giving up on me. I can't give up on myself, right? It's like, I'll still bring, you know, every day, like when we gather together as a community, like still talk about his goodness, still talk about how he doesn't give up on us, still talk about... You know, because it's not my job. 
right? To to convince them. That's Holy Spirit's job, and, and I love yeah. that you reminded us of that. Yeah, I heard it. I've heard it said, "No, no good decision comes out of fear," right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, we don't want to be people that uh, try to convert based on fear or yeah, you know, hair or something like that. No. Um, Ashley, you kind of started to get into it, and we want to shift the conversation a little bit into the aspect of the APES as a team. And there being representation of the apest, because I ideally, you know, Jesus is the one who represents the apest fully in every capacity. Uh, the rest of us do not. <laughs> you know, we have different, you know, the giftings, and and at times maybe your teaching gift emerges. At times maybe a prophetic gift emerges, um, but generally your evangelist gift is is the predominant gift. And so, in the context of a team, what does the evangelist do? well or why why is it good that they're a part of that team like what is the best of that but then also on the flip side the shadow side of the evangelist and the team what are some maybe the drawbacks or the struggles the evangelist has or other people with the evangelist you know in that tension what what are some of those tensions yeah um oh man so good i think in a team setting uh we have to remember that for all of us, no matter what you are on the APEST, that what burns in your soul and what when you're sitting in that it's just like a cheese grater to your arm, you're just like, oh, I can't believe they're missing it or they're doing that, you know, isn't always what burns in everyone else's soul, you know, it's something else that they see that they're going, oh, like, I can't believe we're doing that, like, stop, you know, and so I've learned that I need to um, speak my passion with grace and kindness and conviction. Um, but sometimes I can get intense, like, don't you all see that? Like, this is about the people, you know, like I'm always going to advocate for the people. I'm always going to advocate for how does this look to our neighborhood? Um, I get weirdly passionate about language. So what do our signs say and what gets said from a platform and what, you know, what even is the sign that's on the door of the church or what is, this advertisement that goes out about a ministry say, like, because I care so much because of what we say, the words people read reflect on our heart towards them. And so I can get weirdly nitpicky on like, no, we can't say it that way. Or no, don't say it like that. That's not. Because you get people, right? And you try to, and you, and you put, put language through the funnel of like, hey, how's this going to hit? when people read or how's this, how are people going to experience this? Cause you want people to experience the kindness and the love. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I want, I want the church to be winsome. Like right. I want mm. the church to be undeniably magnetic to people. Like, I don't know what the, like what that place is about, but they, they said they oppose isolation. Like, what does that mean? You know, I'm curious. Well, come in. We're passionate about community. Like, you know, I, I really care about language. And so sometimes I'm on a team with people and we're working out the language of how we want to promote something. And I just know I get annoying. <laughs> and so I have, I've had to figure out when to, when to push it and when to like lovingly and kindly, like let it ride and like, okay, Holy Spirit, is this something I need to, I really need to push hard for in this meeting? Or do I need to, this is the most passionate thing to me, but there's other important things in this meeting too. And I need to like rein myself in so that other people can 
share their convictions about things that they're really passionate about. Know, and so, knowing which hills to die on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, that's just so Holy Spirit dependent. I, mm-hmm. I have had to speak to Holy Spirit nonstop in this new job more. I mean, I did a ton before, but just, I feel like in new ways where I have, because I also have to demonstrate and declare the gospel to the people on my team. I don't just get to do that outside the church doors. Come on. (laughs) I have to do that when I'm in a team meeting. And so I don't get to just say, I'm going to be a jerk right now and push my agenda because it's for the people. I have to say, no, I am called as an evangelist to demonstrate and declare the gospel right now in this room full of pastors. <laughs> and so that means that sometimes I need to speak up and that means sometimes I need to shut up. And I need Holy Spirit to tell me when to do both of those. Because like I said, I have no problem talking. So um, I think that's been important. <laughs> I got lost in there. I think you had a another question. I, this, the, like the second part of that would be like the struggle of the evangelist or the shadow side to on a team, maybe how do other people perceive the evangelist and how do, how do you know, some of those tensions maybe orchestrate and work? I think showing value to um, being intentional to show value to what the other APES people are championing. So when the shepherd on our team is really championing this new discipleship model or this new thing, like, being as equally invested in championing that because that plays into who I get to pass on to them. And so staying super engaged in conversations that might not always be my core. Like I care, it sounds weird to say, I obviously care about discipleship, but it's not, it's not my core thing. I think about all day, every day, but I have learned that I need to show up to those meetings and be present and super engaged and helpful because that's where I'm pass again, passing to the left, passing to the right. That's who I'm going to pass people to. And so I need to do my best to be present and speaking into other things that are maybe outside of my, my job or my, my skill set. Ashley, so good. So tell me a little bit about um, what kind of things I have. I have so many questions, but tell me a little bit. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sift them right now but tell me a little bit about um what kind of things you're encouraging people to do these days in your current role uh to engage with you know uh, evangelism or quote you know what what kind of things are you encouraging people to do these days and and how yeah that's a great question um as, as i've been stepping into this role i inherited a lot of incredible ministries that we do in the city and so have been doing a lot of work to get to know the teams who do those, the lead volunteers, the coordinators, getting to know our volunteers and those things, which has been incredible. Um, But I think, I don't know if you guys have, I'm sure you have the up and out triangle, you know, like staying connected to God, staying connected to community, then the out piece, you know, and uh, a couple of us on the, on our staff have been talking about just the up and out triangle and God's been really convicting me on why do I just get to be the out? Like, why do I oftentimes, because I'm the pastor of outreach, only get to focus on being the out person, the the launcher? And I feel like Holy Spirit's been kind of showing me, why don't I take the people who are ready to be mobilized 
and incorporate up and out aspects to being mobilized. And so that's where I've been really praying about how do I move our people to recognizing that when you go to be mobilized, when you go to work in the city, whether you're doing our food bank ministry or our furniture bank ministry, or you're working with unsheltered neighbors, that you're not just, again, doing, you're not just going to do, to be like, okay, I checked my Jesus do list, or that was challenging and that was fun, or that was outside of my comfort zone, so I'm growing, uh, which are all good things. I, sh I shouldn't sound demeaning in my tone. Those are really important, but that when they're going and being mobilized, that they have the up component. And so they're learning how to be in constant prayer, learning how to ask Holy Spirit for wisdom and how to how to have conversations with unsheltered neighbors or with people coming through our food bank line um, to help people strengthen that muscle while they're being mobilized. And then also to help create a culture of community. Um, when you go on mission with others, we see this in mission trips, of course. Like when you go to another country on a mission trip or to Philadelphia to serve at Love Park, you bond with those people, right? You do this power because when we demonstrate and declare the gospel together it's powerful and it bonds you together and so how do we show people that there's not only is there community that there's this important aspect of community when we come together to worship our king and savior but that it's important to invest in our community as we mobilize together to encourage each other to say wow i heard that conversation you were having and like that was awesome you really stepped out and asked questions you'd never asked before i've ever heard you talk about as you've done an intake form with a food bank person and how do we create also that that community where brothers and sisters are not just going as individuals with their individual agendas to mobilize, but that they're building each other up and sharpening each other and saying, oh my goodness, did you hear that conversation? I did, that felt like a miss. She asked me that question. It was an open doorway. I got scared and I didn't take it. Will you pray with me that I'll have confidence to, to say, like to actually share the gospel next time someone gives me an open door moment? I would love to see our community mobilize together and have that building and encouraging components so that the at, so that when we do the out, we are upping and inning and outing and it's all of it. And so that's been my real heart as I've been diving into just getting to reshape some things is that's what I want for our people. Cause that's how we grow. Like that's how Jesus set it up. And that's the kingdom, the kingdom of God. It's so good. Why don't we just listen to him more? <laughs> as we start to land the plane, Ashley, I'm sure Scott will probably say one more thing here, but maybe some tools that you could recommend to people um, on evangelism. Um, you know, um, and it doesn't have, you know, that's worked for you. It, it doesn't have to be like, don't, you don't need to give me the, the master plan of evangelism, the, you know, which is good out there, you know, listen to that, you know, Coleman, I think is the guy who wrote that, but something that, that you like, you know, that can help others and equip them, you know, for further kind of reflection. Oh man, that's a great question. Like what tools have I been going to? Oh man, I, ah, this sounds so simple, but. That's what we I'm, like. Keeping it simple. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it simple. Maybe this is the right podcast. The this right is place. the right one for that. Um, I would really just start with looking into the spiritual disciplines of, of listening and spiritual disciplines of, um, yeah. How do you, how do you learn how you hear Holy spirit? 
Um, and there's, there's the God languages um, kind of test and inventory that you can look at and dig into because there's different ways that we connect with God and hear from God. Um, but start doing some real intentional work. If you're like, oh man, I've, it's never occurred to me to be having a conversation with God while I'm talking to somebody else. Um, we call that double listening. Around double here. listening. See, there's even mm -hmm. words for these concepts. Yeah. <laughs> Look into, you know, do some research, find books that can help maybe grow you and how to do that. Mm -hmm. Cause I think, um, I think that's the, if you're already gifted in communicating with people, you're already gifted in connecting with people. I think that's really the next step and level and tool in mm -hmm. speaking God's word to people and drawing people to God, um, regardless of the situation. So yeah, look into God languages. Um, if you've never started there, there's another book I'm looking for. Hold on. I'm going to run away. Master plan of evangelism okay. is a good resource y'all. Yes, and there's another book called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Calhoun, and it is my go-to book. I love it so much. I flip through it all the time. Nice. Um, it has tons of different spiritual disciplines, but it's filled with creative ways to challenge us and how to listen, how to grow in that, how to grow in other spiritual disciplines that keep us rooted in Christ, because it's all about Christ. You know, the vine, we got to stay connected. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's where the so staying connected to Jesus, what I'm hearing you say is staying connected to Jesus is important when trying to connect people to God. So simple. That's simple. Man. And yet there's a lot to it. <laughs> simple and at times difficult. We will Not put, easy. We say simple, but not easy. Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference. We'll put some links uh, in the, the podcast description for some of those resources in those books. Um, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. As we wrap up, are there any closing words that you would have for our audience in regards to, you know, the E of the APEST or the APEST in general and, and working together and, and understanding your giftings? Any, any closing thoughts in that way? And then secondly, how can people stay connected with you, your ministry, be up to date on, on what's happening in your life? Yeah, I would just say whatever apest you are, <clears throat> excuse me, hone into the strengths you bring to the kingdom and surround yourself with those who have the other gifts. Don't give in to guilt or whispers that you need to be all things to all people. Yeah. Recognize the beauty uh, placed in you and celebrate the beauty in others. Um, collaborate and be a team. Uh, that is when the church shines bright is when we work together. So um, you're not alone. Lean on those around you. Um, and that's where you just, yeah, you get to celebrate the stories together, which is more beautiful. Uh, how can you stay connected to me? Uh, I love this question. I, I am truly no one great, but I love people. So if you ever want to chat or grab a coffee and sit in the sun, come visit me in Salem. I will buy you a coffee. It would be my absolute honor um, to do that with you. So you can find me. I have an email address that you can find me at. Um, come set up a coffee date with me. Thank you so much for joining us, Ashley. We're so excited. Um, thank you for, for speaking into the evangelist. And this is a, a resource for people. It's a good conversation, Ashley. And needed, too. Yeah. I think healing, too, for a lot of us. You know, mm. some of us need some healing still. You know, and some of them yeah. need some healing. You know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but very good. Very, very good conversation. Mm.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Keeping It Simple. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.